Well, here we are again, trying to decide what's terrorism and what's not. I apologize for not being around very much lately. It's been a bit of a busy week here, what with home renovations and uh, well, a snowstorm. I had to shovel my driveway for several hours the other morning. We got about 30 centimeters of snow, as well as the fact as I've been doing a lot of interviews when it comes to the situation in Ottawa, elsewhere in Canada. But I've decided now that the demonstration, siege, occupation, there's all kinds of terms that are going to be used to refer to it, is more or less over. A lot of arrests have been made in downtown Ottawa that I want to weigh in on a couple of matters that relate to this situation. There's three or four of them I want to comment on. First and foremost is the use of language. Now, you know, I think, because I've mentioned it a gazillion times, that my training is in linguistics. I worked in foreign languages at CSE in signals intelligence for 17 and a half years. I also taught linguistics for 15 years at Carleton University, and I did doctoral studies in linguistics at the University of Toronto in the early 1990s. And what strikes me as interesting about what's been happening over the past three and a half or so weeks are the terms being used by both sides to refer to the other. So let's start with the government, shall we? The government of Justin Trudeau. With respect to the Freedom Convoy, get back to that word in a second, and the truckers and the hangers-on and things like that, We've heard terms like fascists, neo-Nazis, even terrorists to refer to these people. The government has said that they were bent on the violent overthrow of the Canadian government at one point. On the other side, the truckers' convoys also refers to the governments as fascists. We saw a guy with a Nazi flag, assuming he was trying to paint Trudeau as the 21st century of Adolf Hitler, God knows what. What's interesting is the the rhetoric and the over-the-top use of this language by both sides in this particular debate. It really is an example of people talking past each other. I also want to note that many on the protest side seem to be using the Canadian flag as some kind of a symbol, as if they're the only Canadians out there. I personally feel offended by that view. I've got three Canadian flags at my house. If you cut me, I bleed maple leaf red. I'm a very proud Canadian. And I take offense to someone saying that if I don't believe in the same cause as the truckers or whatever the hell else these people are, that in fact, I'm somehow not as Canadian as they are. So it really is time for a come down on both sides. As I wrote in an op-ed piece in the Ottawa Citizen, I'll put a link to it. Whatever we call what happened in Ottawa and Windsor and Coots, which is on the border between Alberta and United States, is certainly not terrorism. It's a protest movement. It got out of hand. Did it affect national security? Only in the sense that it affected national economic security, especially when the Ambassador Bridge was blocked about a week and a half ago. This is the bridge that spans between Windsor, Ontario, and Detroit, Michigan. And I don't know what the percentage is of Canadian trade that makes it across that bridge, but it's pretty damn high. And having that bridge blocked really did have an effect on our national economic security, not public safety economic security. And interestingly, uh, Vern White, he's a former chief of police in Ottawa and a good friend of mine, former RCMP, as well as a senator, uh, called me up last weekend and said, will you join me on CBC to talk about this? And we never got a call back. So go figure. More on the CBC in a second. So the language issue has certainly been something that I've been watching very interest with great interest. And uh, a lot of terminology is being used that simply is well off the mark, as far as I'm concerned. The second thing I want to raise is there was a a piece that came out as well, just before my piece on terrorism, in which a self-styled national security expert said that whatever happened in Ottawa was a failure of intelligence. 
Now, I do have another op-ed piece coming out, either on my website or in print media. So I'll reserve my comments a little bit because I'll post that to you as well. But this was not necessarily a failure intelligence. In fact, an article in The Guardian, a left-of-center British publication, about a week later showed that, in fact, it, intelligence was there and it was passed on to the government in the advance of the so-called Freedom Convoy. By the way, Freedom Convoy, really? Another use, misuse of language. This isn't all about freedom. Whatever they're doing is not about freedom. Anywho, uh, it seems that our spies <laughs> told the government exactly what they needed to know. Now, the why, the why they didn't act on it, that's a whole other issue. But this is certainly not an intelligence failure, as this so-called national security expert claimed. The other issue I want to focus on at the end here is something really interesting. It's a story that's going very much unnoticed in the Canadian media. So two days ago, on Thursday, that would have been February the 17th, in the early hours of the day, this is a quote from a National Post article, some 20 assailants wielding axes and metal grinders overturned heavy equipment and destroyed construction trailers to do with a coastal gas site in Houston, B.C. Not the more popular Houston, Texas, but Houston, B.C. Millions of dollars of damage was done and the workers were terrorized, including an attempt to, quote, set a vehicle on fire with workers inside. Now, these cowards were masked and they have they bled off into the darkness. The RCMP is investigating. The RCMP is very worried about this thing. But try to find a story about this anywhere in the mainstream media and you won't. In fact, when the CBC reported it, they used the term alleged acts of violence, as if people armed with axes and, and metal poles trying to burn people alive was alleged acts of violence. Go figure. The CBC has become an embarrassment as far as I'm concerned. And I'm speaking as a, a person who was a fan of the CBC for almost five decades. And I have a hard time reading it now because it seems to only be interested in some things. Bottom line is, is I don't know what happened in Houston, BC, aside from what I've read. I don't know who was behind it. The RCMP hasn't found the people and they acknowledge it may be difficult given they were masked and it happened at nighttime. But if this were to be looked at dispassionately, objectively, you could posit the possibility this was an actual act of terrorism. Was it a serious act of violence? Well, yeah. Causing millions of dollars worth of damage is part of Section 83.01 of the Criminal Code. And threatening people, well, that certainly is an act of violence. The rationale for it? Hard to say. We don't know who these 20 assailants were. We can speculate, could have been environmentalists upset about the pipeline. This particular pipeline that Coastal Gas is working on has been quite controversial for quite some time, probably even more so given global warming and the need to double down on oil and gas exploration and on, on you know global warming gases being produced. It's also possible that the assailants were part of the First Nation that is in that area of British Columbia. From what I've read, other members of First Nations have come to an agreement on the pipeline. But there are members of those First Nations who do not agree with that agreement, not agree with the agreement. They disagree with the agreement. So it's possible, and I don't have any facts to back this up, that some of the members of that attack this, this gas crew were in fact part of the First Nations. What I'm suggesting is, no matter who did it, this is potentially an act of terrorism should they be arrested. Now, I wouldn't bet the mortgage that any acts of any, any law enforcement or government crown are going to lay acts, uh, charges of terrorism in this regard because it would be politically a hot potato to do so. Which goes back to my earlier argument about the use of the word terrorism to describe things. It's all become all but meaningless. By the way, some of the truckers and the hangers-on in Ottawa were arrested. Guess what they were charged with? Mischief and obstructing police. Not terrorism, as somebody, someone in the media and the government had claimed. Because it wasn't terrorism, it's simple as that. Were there actors in there that are worrisome? Absolutely. 
And I'm pretty sure my former colleagues at CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, were monitoring these people and were outlining to the government what their roles were and what their plans were. But from what I've seen in open source, I've seen nothing to suggest that whoever was involved in Ottawa or Coots or the Ambassador Bridge, whatever, had any real capability, let alone intention, to violently overthrow the Canadian government. These guys couldn't organize a piss up in a bar. For the most part, their demonstrations were peaceful insofar as there was no violence. Yeah, people got upset. They were called bad names. Some of the more boorish members of these crowds would yell at people for wearing masks, etc. But there was no violence. No one was attacked with axes. No one had their vehicles burned, to the best of my knowledge. Was it disruption? Absolutely. And I, for the record, I don't support that kind of an occupation. You know, we have a right to protest under the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. You made your point, now piss off. Get out of Dodge and go back home. Interestingly, one of the leaders, when he was arrested, uh, told, told the media he just wants to go home. I said, well, you could have gone home before you were arrested, buddy, after your major point. Anyhow, um, I was talking to a friend of mine just this morning, and it's interesting that these events in Canada have spawned similar events in the Netherlands. I just heard from a colleague of mine in The Hague, said, we are following news in The Hague. I'm, I'm in touch with a police officer in The Hague on a regular basis who's giving me Dutch news about what's happening in the Netherlands. There's been protests in Australia, in New Zealand, et cetera, et cetera, in France. A lot of it seems to be inspired, at least in part, by what's happening in Canada. Not totally, because these movements are you know, far greater than what's happening in my country. But it's interesting that for a lot of people, this is not Canada. And this is kind of, kind of what, I want, what, I want, what I want to end on. The people that were being a-holes in Ottawa and elsewhere are not representative of 37 million Canadians. They may have different views. And as I said, people have a right to express their views peacefully without violence. They don't have rights to be jerks. Well, I guess you have a right to be a jerk. But the f- fact is, is that I don't want anyone to see that this is the new Canada. This is not the new Canada. And yes, a percentage of Canadians don't, don't want vaccine mandates. They want to get back to normal with respect to COVID-19. Everyone wants to get back to normal. Some don't believe the science. Well, that's their problem, not mine. But this is not emblematic of the country that I, I'm, I'm a native of and that I love with my dearly with my whole heart. So for my international listeners out there, Canada is much better than this. And don't please don't put us all in the same box as some of the more outlandish, boorish elements out there. Anyhow, um, looks like this is finally ending in Ottawa. The parliament, uh, the parliamentary precinct has been cleared of protests, which is a good thing. Hopefully we're going to get back to normal. Who knows? But look out for this coastal gas link story. I'm really curious what happens on this one, whether there's any news media, aside from the National Post that I quoted, which will actually call this what it is, a serious act of violence, potentially bordering on terrorism. That's what I think. Love to hear your feedback. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com, or on Twitter, borealisaves. You'll go find me on LinkedIn and on Facebook. If you like the content and want more, go to the website, borealisthreatenedrisk.com, hit the subscribe button. You get a free daily digest of all the podcasts and blogs, as well as a link to my new book, The Peaceable Kingdom, A History of Terrorism in Canada from the Federation of the Present. Love to hear your feedback. I'll talk to you again, hopefully soon. Until then, stay safe.